Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. This is a two-drink podcast. Hooray! <laughs> you listen to your wife. You always listen to your wife. <laughs> I live with her. Okay. Two-drink podcast. <laughs> two-drink podcast. And on this podcast, we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 11, The Colonel's Horse, and Season 5, Episode 12, Exorcism of oh. MASH, for those of them, in case you were wondering. So I don't know how you would just stumble upon this podcast. You just will, because... It's so good. You, and people just need to listen to it. <laughs> Fair it's enough. the heart of, <laughs> of any MASH lover. <laughs> of, of the everything. And pretty soon, when we have all the guest stars, like Alan Alda, people will just be begging us to listen. <laughs> okay. Nice. Anyway, I'm glad that I get to be the one that describes the Colonel's Horse, which is number 11 of season 5. Mm-hmm. So much is going on, but yet... It doesn't feel that way. So it starts in surgery. Margaret is dropping things with scissors, and you could just tell she's not herself. Klinger, of course, walks in in his gorgeous nurse's outfit, which I just love. Can you get me one of those? And um, <laughs> Burns is in charge because Colonel Potter is leaving. He's going to meet his wife in Tokyo for a little R&R. And um, the other thing that... So he put... Radar in charge of watching Sophia's horse. Sophia's horse ends up getting sick and needs needs help. Um, Margaret ends up needing her appendix taken out, and those are the main. That's the just of what this is about. Now there's tons of stuff for us to talk about. Yeah, um, I don't think it was a very dense episode, thankfully, but there was a fair amount going on. And there's Maybe a lot so. of little quippy jokes that, yeah. you know, you have to mm-hmm. watch to get because we can't sit and write down every one. So no. <laughs> listen to all of them. Tell us what your favorite is. Yeah. I would love to hear that because this episode has so many, especially mm-hmm. with the horse needing what he needs. And Yeah. And uh, just as a point up front, you know, if you want to let us know uh, those things, then go to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C. Dot com go over to the podcast page to the whiskey and mash page there on the page are links currently to our facebook page where we post about our new episodes and also a link to our email so you can email the podcast directly and let us know those things love to hear from you mm-hmm. but yeah uh, more detail about the colonel's horse um the colonel's horse, well, Sophie was laying down, which is clearly a sign. And Radar really feels this importance because Colonel Potter specifically asked him to be in charge of Sophie. You're the one that's in charge. So he took it very seriously when Sophie was down. And Colonel when, Potter will execute me and court-martial me. <laughs> well, yeah, that when he went in, of course, by Hawkeye and BJ and said, you need to come help me. And they were joking all through it, making all these little... And finally, he just looks at him and says, Hell! H-E-double-L! And they just looked at him and they knew... You guys don't care. And they knew that it was important to him. Radar, it's not that we don't care. It's 
that we're not veterinarians. We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But BJ had this wonderful idea of calling his um, Floyd Hayden, his father-in-law, from mm-hmm. Quapa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And he knows all about horses. So, yeah. of course, they had to call Sparky, who had to get them through. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting. I didn't catch the name of the picture, but that they trade away a movie that they had. Um, oh, a motion picture. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Radar thought, oh, you know, it, it's just a different movie that they haven't seen. That'll be fine. At the end of the episode, he's talking to Sparky again, and Sparky's telling him about the movie and how great it is. And... Just running naked through the woods. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we get it, that back? <laughs> when? Hey, I, the Colonel's back. Sparky, I gotta go, but I want that movie back. <laughs> so, it's kind of interesting that he trades away. Apparently, this great movie. Uh, but, you know, he does get Sparky to patch them through to Oklahoma, where they get in t- where BJ gets in touch with his father-in-law, who knows all about horses, apparently. And I love that he called him Pa, mm-hmm. because that's what my dad called his dad. So I think mm-hmm. that was like a, a normal thing back then. Like, Pa, mm-hmm. how you doing, Pa? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, what, what does uh, BJ's father-in-law recommend for the horse? Well, he needs to have his innards cleaned out. <laughs> <laughs> Too much dry grass, not enough water. <laughs> So we need to irrigate. The water does not go in the mouth, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> which I love when they're getting ready Oh, I, lo- I know this. what you're going to talk about. It's Hawkeye and BJ, and they're standing in front of, like, the camp's uh, water tower. It's way up, huh? You know, yeah, and Hawkeye's holding the, I guess it would be the female end of the hose that you screw onto the spigot. And he says, here you go. Go up there and attach it. And PJ says, I don't know, that's awfully high. And he's like, what, you want the other end? And he's like, no, it doesn't look that high. <laughs> and so PJ <laughs> climbs up and attaches the hose. And this is one odd thing about the episode to me, is everybody started milling around when this was about to happen. And all of a sudden they're forming this bucket assembly line to get plenty of hot water up to the water tower it kind of explains the boredom in camp i guess you know because everyone wants to be a part of it all mm -hmm. of a sudden it looked like something different Mm -hmm. you know you're not laying in your bunk writing letters i guess that makes sense but yeah you know they're dumping all these just probably a few gallon pail uh several of them multiple of them into this water tower so that gravity will feel feed it down into the horses (laughs) And so they're screaming, <laughs> you like that? So they're screaming um, uh, orders up and down the line. It goes from Hawkeye to Father Mulcahy to Kelly Nakahara up to BJ and then back and forth. And yeah, you know, they get the water going. They stop the water and BJ says, how's it going? And all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and then the outside, of, yeah, the outside of the corral gets kicked and a bunch of like, jars get knocked off and all guy just steps around and gives the okay up to bj so i have to say too kelly looked really good in this episode yeah. like when i looked at her you know she always maybe has this plainness about her but she was just very like 
enthusiastic or something. I don't know what yeah. it was, but when I looked at her, I thought, oh, she looks so cute in this mm-hmm. episode. She had the little I, ponytail things. And the, the next one, too. Oh, you really? Know, maybe they're starting to use her more. We're going to have to keep maybe an eye it. on that. Maybe that's it. Okay. Which I would love, because I really like Kelly as I a character. I do, too. I think she should come visit us. You know, I, especially after um, the episode where she's, like, the main character. Yes. Love that episode to death. I do, too. Um, But we'll, we'll get to that one. We'll point it out. I think it's honestly one of my favorite episodes of the series, just because of the fact, A, the fact that they bring an extra and make her kind of the main character of the story, and B, the message that she's giving to Hawkeye and this kind of personal growth that we see of Hawkeye rather late in the series, actually. And I really like that they don't, it doesn't seem like they have this attitude where I need all the star time. Like, it yeah. gets it gets moved around to all mm-hmm. the different characters. Yeah. You see, like, um, the sergeant, the mechanic guy, mm. Kale, or whatever his name is. And Zale. the Zale. Yeah, sorry, I knew it was close. Kale. <laughs> you know. Kale, Zale. Ah, sorry, if you want to come on, visit us. Mm. Um, but, and the Kellys, and the, mm-hmm. you know, spread the wealth, and they do. Yeah. I think they do, and I think that's mm. what makes this such a great show to watch is it's you can see the friendliness and the the love between them yeah yeah well i agree and um you know the next episode father mckay he plays a much bigger role than he used to uh this episode i i think it does kind of revolve around sophie and margaret but you see margaret and again it's in this different light because it's rather nice she's not really antagonizing frank anymore well, but, she does like to push down well, to not Scott's yeah, yeah. perfection. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, now it's more of, um, at least in my mind, uh, she's her own woman. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. She's no longer half of Frank and Margaret. She's Margaret. And it's nice to see that. And it's I, hair down Margaret. And you... And it's not pushing him to be a different person either. And I'm not sure if there's just like a makeup difference, but I swear that she looks different now. Like at this point in this season than she used to in like season four where she was... Starch. Yeah. There's some sort of real physical looking difference to me between Margaret now and Margaret then. She's comfortable in her skin. But yeah, you know, the, the Colonel's horse gets taken care of. Colonel Potter comes back. Um, I love when he sticks his tongue out at Frank. Oh, God, yeah. I honestly so, don't remember yeah, that. Almost immediately I... after Potter gets in, Frank comes in and starts complaining about all the mean things that Hawkeye and BJ were doing to him. Such as, well, for instance, yesterday in the mess tent, they turned around, crossed their eyes, and stuck their tongue out at me like this. <laughs> and Potter just says, All right, I'll take the appropriate action. Thank you, sir. What will that be? I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> then Frank and he does it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we get that. And then... You can see the, where Frank's character is losing, though. Like, yeah. It was he's time becoming, for him to go when he, need, when he wants. He's becoming the comedic relief which right. is unfortunate in it a lot is, of ways but i love him but you know i agree with larry linville though i don't see how else he could have gone because like i said 
it was always the Frank Margaret right persona that was interesting, and now they pulled Margaret away. There was no place for him to go. No, there really wasn't. Um, but yeah, after that, we see Margaret stumble into the swamp late at night because she needs her appendix taken out. Uh, so let's mark this for future reference. Margaret, appendix taken out, part one. <laughs> just in case. Because, hey, Radar had his tonsils taken out twice. <laughs> just saying. Tonsils can grow back, though. Oh, no. look it up. Yes, they can. Tonsils can grow back. Right. I know someone that had their tonsils taken out twice. Right. Well, I don't think your appendix can, so let's oh, just no, mark I don't this think that down. <laughs> She's had it taken out at least once. Um, but she gets uh, Hawkeye for the operation, and BJ acts as the gas passer, and Frank wakes up. <laughs> Sorry. What? Oh, anyone can be a gas passer there. So. Apparently. Because, yeah, when she's on the table, um, first of all, Frank comes in and is all curmudgeon-y about... I want to hear from her lips! Frank, that... listen to these <laughs> lips! Get out! She's delirious. Get out! <laughs> and then BJ's being the anesthetist and he puts the mask, starts putting the mask over her face. Now take a deep breath, Margaret. And she says, I'm supposed to say that. So she's head nurse, a nurse, an anesthetist, <laughs> apparently some sort of surgeon because she can close. Just saying. But then it's funny because Hawkeye then, as they're putting her under, says, oh, okay, yeah. let's have some fun. Yeah, with the scalpel <laughs> in his hand, by the way. Let's have some fun. <laughs> you give a... You know, he could have had, I wonder, you know, I almost, I, in my head, I'm picturing him doing like a, a oh, crisscross is... scar or, mm. a, you know, a scar that's just a little bit different so that she remembers him forever. Mm, nice. <laughs> a yeah, because even, even in the, earlier in the episode, when... Margaret goes to Potter and says, can you fix it so that Frank doesn't do the operation if I need it? Uh, Potter goes to Hawkeye and says, will you do it? And Hawkeye finally acquiesces and says, Zoro will leave his mark. Right. And he does the little Z and then kind of punctuates it. At yeah, the end. so, so I was just wondering if he did yeah. something. I mean, I think I would have. Mm -hmm. It's Margaret and, you know, remember me forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stretches out anyway. Nice. The, the final <laughs> post credit scene was we see we seen here hawkeye walking with somebody oh this was so cute i love this do we end. see margaret yes we yep. see her so he they pull back and yeah. and um hawkeye was walking margaret and, and said then, you need to get up and move as soon as possible and then we see a close-up on potter holding a rope and also walking and saying essentially the same thing and it pulls out to Sophie. all four of them and you hear the you hear Sophie go. So Hawkeye was walking Margaret, and Colonel Potter was walking Sophie. Mm. It was just so adorable. Yeah, it was a pretty <laughs> Great cute ending. end of the episode. Um, Love this episode. A couple of things in the episode worth pointing out, just because I think they're cool. Oof, pardon me. When Potter is heading out to Tokyo, BJ and Hawk are trying to get Potter to take Frank with him. And, uh, it's kind of interesting. They don't want Frank to be the boss. Yeah. You know, um, do you want, Potter says, do you want me to sit him down and have a talk with him? And Hawkeye says, no, we'd rather you have him stood up and shot. And Potter, instead of saying, that's ridiculous, just said, uh, says, don't be absurd. There'd be an inquiry. 
So, he doesn't say no. no. He basically says there's too much paperwork, so <laughs> I won't do it for that reason. And then Clinger comes up to him, and he wants fabric, and Hawkeye oh, comes yeah, up to him, wants, and he wants some... Yeah, so Clinger wants three yards of fabric. Blue is okay, red is okay, but no aquamarine. Why not? Because it blends in with his skin, and nobody would know he was there. Uh, and then, yeah, Hawkeye is asking and Connor. And I know you wrote these down, I so did. I'm going to let you talk about this. Um, there's a little shop on the Ginza. Can you get me, and he's handing Potter money as he's doing this, nudist frolics, naked help, and bareback news. And Potter looks at him and goes, I can't do that. I'll be in uniform. And Well, ask your wife then. Okay. She's a good scout. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I think Potter's wife has to be like oh the God. most wonderful woman in the world. I really think so. You get that feeling just... throughout the whole thing. Right. You know... Think about the episode where she pays off the mortgage early because she's been saving her egg money, and she arranges a party, uh, a mortgage-burning party, for Colonel Potter in Korea I mean, with she's his just got to be the coolest person. I think so. Well, especially to stick with, I'm sorry, but to stick with a career man who made it up to Colonel, she's a patient woman. <laughs> um, and she loves him. You have then, to... And then if there was a C-plot to this episode, I would call it Clinger. Oh, yes. Because as the colonel's leaving, all of a sudden, Clinger starts to mope. He's got depression. Because you can get out of the army for that, you know. And, and we find this out because when the colonel comes back, the first thing he sees in his office is, is Clinger curled up on his desk. And he sits down and goes, is this it? Non-functioning? Yes, sir. All right. Well, there's only one thing to do, and he reaches in his desk and pulls out the start of the paperwork for a discharge. And Klinger's like, what? Non-functional de depression. That's a ticket home. And then what does Klinger do? Just says your last thing is lying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up off the desk. Oh, yeah, and starts celebrating. I thought I'm it was... putting on my top hat. hat. I'm putting on my tails. I actually thought that he gave him his fabric, and then that's why he did that. No. Okay. Because. In my mind, that's no. how it worked, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> he starts jazzing it up, and then he looks at the colonel and goes, Ah, oh, crap. I blew it, didn't I? And Potter says, yep, and he tears up the orders. And then Klinger says, oh, no, I'm really depressed. And that's where Potter says, hey, this will pick your spirit up. And he gave him I got spirit. you the fabric. And Klinger says, the blue or the red? And I think Potter says, the red. So. Yeah, and that put a smile on Klinger's face, and he danced out of the So office. I was kind of, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you were kind of right? No! <laughs> okay. All right, so, uh, anything else about this episode? No. Okay. Um, so, guest stars recurring cast, uh, Sophie was played by Sophie the Horses herself. <laughs> It's in the credits. Oh, I know, I love it. It's right there on the page. Did a great job, too. Uh, Kelly Nakahara as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. She actually had lines. I don't think she was credited in the episode, but she is on the page, which I appreciate when they do that. Uh, the production code was U811. The writers were Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum. And the director was Bert Metcalf. And just two other things that they have in the fun facts, because these are kind of cool. 
When making the call to his father-in-law, BJ mentions his name as Floyd Hayden. This very well could have been um, the person's actual name as Mike Frail's real-life wife at the time. Judy Frail's maiden name is Hayden. Oh. Additionally, Miss Farrell was born in Quapaw, Oklahoma, which is where Radar patches the call to BJ's father-in-law. That is interesting. Also, when BJ spells H-A-Y-D-E-N, Hayden, to Radar when making the call, Hawkeye sarcastically quips M-O-U-S-E, which is a reference to the Mickey Mouse Club theme song. This is a goof and anachronistic, as the Korean War ended in 1953, while the Mickey Mouse Club didn't debut on television until 1955. But Hawkeye is clairvoyant. Sure he is. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. Just Alright, so next episode. Go for it. <laughs> Season 5, episode 12, Exorcism. The very short version of this is... Um, Colonel Potter orders Radar to remove a spirit post from the compound, after which a rash of unexplained incidents starts occurring around camp, including such things as bulbs burning out, equipment failing at inopportune moments, and this is all apparently due to spirits, because we then see an old man who jumped in front of an ambulance got hit by it, and then refused surgery until the spirits could be exercised. Why did he jump in front of the... Not not like the old man that would jump in front for money. He no. Jumped. Yeah, he wasn't like um, the... Oh, oh, goodness. I even said it. You did. Yeah, because oh, there was an earlier Angel. episode when uh, Blake and... Uh, when Blake and Trapper were in... Uh, Whiplash Wang. Yes. Okay. When Whiplash Wang, he was a but that's ambulance hustler. Yeah. No, this guy jumped in front of the ambulance to try and chase away evil spirits. So he wouldn't allow Hawkeye to operate until the evil spirits had been exercised. So they get a shaman exorcist in the compound to get rid of the spirits. Once she does, everything returns to normal. Okay. So, starting out, uh, we start this episode... In camp, it was on location, and we see a peddler with his cart there. Selling all kinds of trinkets. Yep. There is a translator there walking out toward the peddler with Colonel Potter and Radar. This is the same translator that they had on uh, the episode just a couple ago where Margaret went missing. Okay. So. Recognize Yep. The same translator. And, uh... Potter orders him, orders the peddler off the base, and the peddler is haggling with him. Over a lighter. Well, and time on the base, he's like, because Colonel Potter asks how much for the lighter, and the peddler says five dollars. Three, if I can stay until the end of the day for Misty's going out of business sale, and Potter says you have until three o'clock, and hands him three dollars. But... That's when he saw the post in the middle of the road and made Radar move it. And immediately Radar after... Radar did not want to move it. You could just see... Yeah. His, like, I don't want mm. to touch it. <laughs> immediately after he moved it, what happened? The lighter wouldn't work. And then a bicyclist crashed into Mr. Yee's 
peddler card. And the PA system stopped working. Yep. Then we go into OR. Nothing worked there. Everyone was dropping things and... Uh, Frank's... Let's see here. I have some of these uh, listed. Frank pinches Margaret's finger in a clamp. The light above Frank's table has gone out three times. Um, Hawkeye's working on a patient and the pressure gauge that they're using for the patient's blood pressure is out of whack. Uh, Hawkeye notices this because he's getting very dark blood. Purple. Dark, yeah. Dark, yeah. dark purple almost. Um, what else? Uh, purple Marsh got hit in the same leg that he was, and he lost the St. Christopher's medal. Yeah, so he got hit was... in the same leg twice. He, he ends up getting whacked a third time. Uh, but that we can talk about when that comes up. Did we mention it was also Friday, Friday the, the 13th? Margaret mentions that at this point. Yeah. So, you know, there's just all this. Yeah. Yep. Um, Potter pinches his finger in a clamp. I love Father Mulcahy's comment at this point because somebody asks him, Father, what do you say about all this? And Father Mulcahy says, when I was in seminary, Bishop O'Hara had a very poignant saying about this. That's the way the ball bounces. <laughs> um, after surgery, or, oh, we can come back to that quote. Well, let's talk about it now. Uh, when they're talking about all this stuff, somebody mentions that the locals really believe in it. And Frank makes some sarcastic comment not sarcastic really because that would imply that he's kind of kidding he wasn't he was saying these back word savages and bj brings up the point that they were using movable type in 1402 that they're very bright and, they and hawkeye says yeah that's right i was in 1403 mm -hmm. and the I'm noise asleep. kept me up all night <laughs> okay oh, hawkeye yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um after surgery, we're in Colonel Potter's office. His lighter still isn't working. The PA is on the fritz, and he's asking Radar about it. You know, when will that be fixed? And Radar says, it'll be a while, sir. The electrician is over in Rosie's bar taking a break. Why is he doing that? Do you remember why? Yeah, well, he got hit by electricity. And got shot through the wall. <laughs> so, just bad luck altogether. Yep. Um, I like it when Radar brings in a horseshoe. Oh, yes. And he was hanging it in the wall, and Colonel Potter was like, I don't believe in that stuff. It does make an attractive ornament, though. Uh -huh. I thought you would think so. But, mm. hang the horseshoe different. Why? Yeah, hang the end should be pointed up, Radar. Otherwise, all the luck spills out. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that. I yeah. thought that was kind of a neat... I, oh, I, I often think of that when I see horseshoes hanging because mm -hmm. a lot of times they are hanging down. And I, in now in my mind, just because of this episode, always want to go turn them around <laughs> because yeah. I don't want the luck to fall out for these yeah, people. Because yeah, it's like a lucky horseshoe. Well, yeah, then you it, have to it hang it so sense. the luck doesn't fall out. You know, like a leprechaun's pot of gold that has to face, face up. up. You yeah. wouldn't face it upside down. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. it, it's at that point, or after that point, where we get... Uh, Kyungja coming in 
on an ambulance with her father who jumped in front of the ambulance. This is the ambulance. The yeah, this is the ambulance that Corporal Marsh was on. So, so guess who's back? <laughs> he gets re-injured. And uh, Kyungja's grandfather is going to die if he doesn't get surgery. However... He refuses surgery until all the spirits are gone. Yeah, they, he actually has them remove him from pre-op until that can be done. And they're like, well, let's just do it. And his um, yeah. daughter, is it his daughter? Was it his, his granddaughter. granddaughter said, you know what? At this age, you're not going to change him. You might as well just remove him. He would rather die. Yeah. He won't. You can't change him. Yeah. Um, so I, they did. I, they removed him. And I kind of love when she says you know you must get a priestess and exercise the spirits yeah or and uh hawkeye's like well i'll give it a try and he goes up to the doors of <laughs> pre-op raises it both hands up in the air and goes okay i'm gonna do my best here i think i got these three words correct what he said acetyl salicytic federal foreman acetaminophen and then frank walks out of the door and he's wow it, it works, works. By the way, acetyl salicylic acid is a in organic chemistry. It's a pharmacological term for the acetate ester of salicylic acid. It's aspirin. <laughs> okay, so this is aspirin, like Bayer aspirin. Yeah, like he knows the tech chemicals. Yeah, phenylformin is an anti-diabetic drug. Drug. And acetaminophen would be Tylenol. Right. So he listed three drugs. Aspirin, Tylenol, and yeah. Which kind but, of makes sense because Frank is kind of a headache. Yeah, and he came walking right out, and it was really cool. Wow, it was. And then when the shaman did come, it was mm. such a great feeling for me because back in my days when I worked at Nicolay School, there was a huge Hmong community and they had a lot of shaman things. And I was mentioning to Chris that I have been to a um, Hmong funeral. And if you ever get a chance to go, go, because it's an experience where they have the shaman walking around. And there's a drum that that bangs for seven days. And um, it, it's just quite the experience. The um, spirit of the dead person bounces from person to person but it has to be family so yeah. all the family they come and go but they can't go unless they're sure that the spirit's not in them so mm. if the spirit's in them they must stay in the funeral home hmm. so but it's very colorful like this lady comes with i think it's almost like a donkey hard hat kind of looking thing and very colorful and um, if you ever get a chance to go to a <laughs> New Year or a, a mm. New Year, you need to go because it's the most colorful and dance. They dance mm. and dance and play these fun games, Snake Eats Snake's Tail, mm -hmm. and just great experience. And everyone's invited. You don't have to be from their culture. They it's, like other people to come. It's so. great to see that the Hmong culture is maintaining itself. Oh, you know, yeah. And just, it's just beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. Everything is so colorful and, mm -hmm. and lively. Just like the shaman, when you walk in, you kind of giggle because you're not yeah. used to seeing this garb. But yeah. And this dancing around. And I said, I think you have to be so brave to be a shaman because you have mm -hmm. to be who you are in places that aren't really accepting. Yeah. Um, Father Mulcahy described her I love Father outfit. Mulcahy. 
as a cross between a cardinal and a bullfighter. <laughs> and that, exactly. Very bright, very flashy. Uh, and I, Frank was way against the shaman coming. Yeah. So Colonel Potter said, well, Father Mulcahy, what do you think? And he said, I find it fascinating. I, I want to be there. Yeah, and really, you if you have... Thrill if, seeker, you. But if you have true faith and believe in what you believe in, you want to see other cultures and yeah. you want to see what mm -hmm. else is out there. I, I know... Yeah, no, I've always been one to say... You know, questioning your faith isn't a bad thing. No. Because if you question it, if you come back to it afterwards, guess what? That means that your faith has to be strong enough to overcome doubt. If you don't, that means that you need to seek a better truth for yourself. Right. And you, you need know? to see what else is out there because you need to... to <laughs> I don't even you, you, know how to oh, say you, it. Yeah. You need to know the differences. I mean, that's right. why when I was I going... I think you learn more by going out and seeing other yeah. things. When I was in parochial school, because I went K-8 to in a Catholic school, um, we learned about the different major world religions. Mm -hmm. Because you need to know. Right. You know? Um, we didn't... You know, like, this. this is in Korea. This is shamanism, which is just a form of you know, native religion. So we didn't really get into specifics about anything like that. But yeah, you know, this is a, a faith. And that's what this old man needed was needed for his faith to be satisfied. Like if I were going into that situation, I would want a priest there with me to yeah. get my, um, you know, anointing of the sick. Yeah. And I would really want that. Yeah. And, and that's all he was getting. He was yeah. getting his anointing of the sick. And it, it was very interesting to watch. I think the guy who played Kyung Jae's grandfather, which we never really find a name for him, I don't think. He's just the Korean grandfather. His eyes were telling. <laughs> yeah, because you could tell as the priestess was doing her thing, you just saw him relax, and even, yeah, in his eyes, it was just, oh, he's at peace now. And, and they, you, yeah, it they was brought great. him into OR. And he just went, ah, oh, and he laid back and said, do what, yeah. you know. And you saw this uptight person going in when there mm -hmm. was this evil spirit. And the funny thing is, everything else started to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the, the you know. The light zapped I know on. It's yeah, and the, that machine that didn't work worked, and mm -hmm. the PA started to work, and the, yeah. you know, uh, who knows? And, okay, and the part that I found just, um, I don't want to say I loved it, because I say that a lot, but it, it was just perfectly ironic how when Frank was saying, well, you know, that's all just coincidence, I mean, you know, Clearly, something just happened where it all started working. He walks out and knocks on the wooden wall. Well, yeah, that's true. Superstitious much? Wood. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everything starts working again. Colonel Potter has read or put the post, the spirit post back. And um, that's that as far as that goes. In post-op. Uh, Kyungja gives Hawkeye a set of bells. Not for exorcism. For decoration. For decoration. But he uses them. Yeah. The post credit scene. Um, <laughs> Frank's, that's with Frank. <laughs> Frank's trying to get his radio to turn on. And he can't. And Hawkeye picks up what must be a Tokyo PX fan. And these bells. After he bets Frank ten bucks. 
that he can exercise the spirits and get it working. Keep in mind how much $10 was back then. That's yeah. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, he gets up and starts whacking the radio with the fan and jingling the bells and going, Oh, yeah! <laughs> um, and uh, it doesn't work, and Frank's like, Ha-ha, ten bucks. And Hawkeye says, Hey, it takes a little bit longer with a cheap PX radio. And he does it a few more times, and it comes to life. And uh, Radar says, wow, sir, you really know how to do all that? Well, you know, it's simple. You just, you know, say the right incantation, do a few things, and then what does BJ do? He plugs it back in and <laughs> unplugs it and plugs it back in. <laughs> so they were messing with Frank, but Frank lost 10 bucks because, <laughs> he, you know, the, it, the radio works now. Yeah. Um, Great I, episode. You know, as far as Corporal Marsh, because he's kind of the B plot in this whole thing. Right. I now that I think about it a little more, it is very interesting to have him in here because this whole time we have this undercurrent of shamanism and this and native he religion. St. Christopher's medal. Yeah, because he got hit twice, then he got injured again on his way out. He was being evac'd, but he ended up back at the four double seventh because uh, Hyungja's father stepped in front of the jeep or in front of the ambulance and so he needed to get his spirits gone too you know if you're of the catholic faith this this isn't superstition this is real and i mean i have a saint christopher medal in the car and i'm grateful because there have been multiple times where i'm like oh god i'm glad i had that in <laughs> that would have been an accident otherwise so, i'm just saying we but, we have to open our hearts and minds but it is a nice counterbalance when you really open up you're thinking about that and go that is belief but so is this this is also belief it's just not of the same brand right and there's many brands and you know yeah. what that's cool wherever your heart is which by the way i thought it was great uh bj was sitting there next to marsh just waiting margaret's checking oh, his yeah. pulse he's like, you don't and have to sit here <laughs> he's stable uh i want to be here when he wakes up and sees me <laughs> And of course, you know, because it's a TV show, shortly thereafter, Margaret wakes leaves up. and Corporal Marsh wakes up. And his first words are, Captain Honeycutt? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's funny because Chris said it like five minutes before it actually happened, of course. You know, because Chris knows every single word that they say before they're going to say it. Okay, which, okay, <laughs> by the way, dear listener, we are in season. Listeners. Listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> We're in season five. We are eventually going to finish MASH, unfortunately. <laughs> However, something we're working on is um, looking at starting either Mary Tyler Moore or Frasier. Or Frasier for our next uh, podcast and possibly getting another host on. And I know Frasier for sure. Laura's told me, you know better. <laughs> Yeah. verbatim than I know MASH and that's saying something so let us know what you want to hear next that would be great uh, head over to narclaninc.com n-a-r-c-l-a-n-i-n-c dot com go to the podcast section the Whiskey MASH page you can find again our Facebook link there or email us directly before we get completely out of this episode though uh, just to finish off the guest stars recurring cast in this episode Virginia Ann Lee as Kyungja, James Canning as Corporal Marsh, Philip Ahn as the Korean grandfather, and uncredited appearances 
by Kelly Nakahara in pre-op in OR as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato and Jennifer Davis uh, in pre-op with Kelly. The production code for this episode was U815. The writers were Jay Fold and Gene Reynolds, and it was directed by Alan Alda. It originally aired December 14, 1976. With that, I think we're good. So, um, yeah. I'll just do my normal pitch. Okay. <laughs> Gloria's picking uh, up her glass. I'm, I'm sorry. My glass. <laughs> I'm well, it's empty, so I mean. But, you know, if if you're enjoying this podcast, if this is not your first episode, or if it is your first episode and you're enjoying it, the best way that you could help support us in this episode, in this podcast, is to share it with a friend, a family member, a coworker, someone who you think would enjoy our ramblings, especially on to drink days Thanks. like today. Um, but, you know, we, we're not asking for any sort of support other than just to help get more of an audience and I've seen people starting to like more of our posts and our episodes. And one of these days I am going to make a list and we will thank you on air for supporting us and letting us know you're out there and making this something more than just us. Because we started this just because we like MASH and we like to watch the episodes. But it's great to know that other people do and that you're listening to what we're doing. Uh, let us know you're out there. Like the posts. Comment on them. Email us and let us know what you think, especially if you know you have any ins with any of the cast. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Um, <laughs> I'm you know <laughs> but, shamelessly <laughs> trying to get anyone on. I would just love to see. I mean, if you were a cameraman, you have any insight whatsoever. <laughs> uh, a props person, I would love to Ooh, have you in. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, we can so, Skype you in. That's fine. Um, but yeah. We'll figure yeah. out how to get you on. We Just get us, get a hold of us, and we will get a hold of you. I yeah. have, you know, emailed a couple of you, but yeah, no responses yet. Well, you gotta keep trying. Yeah. You know? So in the meantime, though, I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. We'll see you next week on Whiskey and Mash. That's gonna be my here, mission this week. I'm here is the outro email. music. Are you singing? Yes. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that a lot more than you think. I just. I do it a lot. I just know other people do it. I, I know you do that a lot. I picked it up from your daughter. I picked it up from you. So it's the thing, apparently. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone.